So today, so far, we've uh, we've listened to the story, we've we've watched some of the story, we've we've read the story, we've sung of the story, and today, just for the next ten minutes or so, we'll just consider what we have to learn from the story. Has anyone found uh, Manasseh yet? No. He'll turn up sometime in the new year, hopefully. Um, if you're just joining us this Christmas, for the past few weeks, for the past month or so, we've actually been mining Jesus' family tree here in, here in church. Why? Because in those days, your genealogy uh, was like your resume. And so... They were usually embellished. <laughs> that is, you would point out the famous ones, you'd leave out the infamous ones. Because a good genealogy gave you honour and gave you promise. It's a little like me claiming to be related to Don Bradman, right? Once again, he's my, he's my grandmother's sister-in-law's uncle. He's my claim to fame. Although uh, I think he was a pinnacle of cricketing talent in my family. It's all been downhill from there. But Jesus, in his very first chapter of the very first book of the New Testament, in the Gospel of Matthew, we have this family tree. And it is selective. It's a selective family tree. That is, it doesn't include everyone. And this is even more selective, this version. It doesn't include everyone. It omits entire generations But what you will notice is that Matthew doesn't embellish Jesus' family tree. He doesn't embellish Jesus' family tree. Actually, he emphasises some of its most embarrassing stories by drawing attention to five women. The Tamar, Rahab, Ruth. Bathsheba, or simply Uriah's wife, and even Mary herself. Actually, it's conspicuous that any women at all are included. It simply just wasn't done uh, back in the day. But these women are particularly conspicuous because their, their characters and conduct was questionable, or at least, at the very least, called into question. And so we have Tamar, who posed as a prostitute to sleep with her father-in-law. We have Rahab, who was the resident prostitute in Jericho. We have Ruth, who was this outsider who boldly proposed to Boaz, this Israelite prince-like figure. We have Bathsheba who committed adultery with King David, who then went ahead and effectively murdered her husband Uriah. And even Mary herself was found to be pregnant before marrying Joseph. Uh, Just in a few weeks' time, actually, um, we are going to a family reunion. I think the Bradmans are a little bit too far removed to be there, unfortunately. I'm just going to chuck his name in there as often as I can, okay? Um, but family reunions can be awkward at the best of times, can't they? I'm, 
I suppose there might be some exceptions to this rule, but family reunions can be awkward at the best of times. Can you imagine if this family overcame the limitations of space and time and got together for a family reunion? Can you imagine the sorts of conversations and the stories? Well, today I'm going to share three lessons that we can learn from Jesus' family tree in general and from the inclusion of these women specifically. So once again, you may not be able to see all these names. That's okay. I'll point them out. But we have on the outside or in the blue, we have the five women. And in the green are all the men and in the yellow down there, Jesus. So the first lesson is this, that the Bible has a story and that the story is true. That's the first lesson. It's not just a random collection of books and poetry and letters written over uh, 1,500 years by 40 different authors. Ultimately, the Bible has one story and one author. And the story of the Bible actually can be understood by looking at the key characters that advance that story along. So, for example, right at the top we have Abraham, through whom God promised to bless the whole world. Or David, to whom God promised one of his descendants would rule forever. Or Jesus, through whom all this fulfillment, that was a fulfillment of all these promises. So Jesus' family tree actually sort of summarises the story so far. And it also reminds us that this isn't a fairy tale. The gospel does not begin with... Once upon a time. It begins with a list of real people. Right? Jesus is no legend. The story is no myth. So Jesus was descended from King David. He's an ancestor of of Abraham. So Matthew's point is that he has the correct spiritual pedigree to be the Jewish Messiah. But we've got to ask ourselves, what on earth are these, particularly the four women whom whom I've placed just outside this tree, what on earth are they doing there? Because they're all outsiders. They're all outsiders. So uh, Tamar was a Canaanite. Rahab was a Canaanite. Ruth was a Moabite. Bathsheba was a Hittite. What on earth are they doing there? Well, the second lesson is this. That Jesus came for everyone and Jesus came for anyone. See, God wasn't Jewish, if you will. But from the very beginning, he would work through the Jewish people to draw men and women from all languages and tribes and nations and peoples to himself. And these four women are just examples of the way in which he has done that from the very beginning. But notice, he doesn't just save everyone, he saves anyone. See, the stories of these five women, all five of them, are stories of hardship and widowhood and second and third marriages and deceit and adultery and prostitution and incest and murder. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. And the point is this, that the women and the men of Jesus' family tree 
not only represent the people that Jesus came from, but the people that Jesus came for. In fact, when the angel tells Joseph in that reading that Maury read for us, and the angel, no, it, just before that reading, when the angel tells Joseph um, that he is to name the baby Jesus because he'll save people from their sins, save his people from their sins, it's almost his backward glance to his family tree. Yeah, all those people. Jesus did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And already here in his genealogy, in his very genealogy, he has revealed that he is not going to be the one who comes to condemn the world. No. He's going to be the one who comes to save the world. And especially, especially those whom the world itself will so often condemn. See, these women and some of these men, to be honest, particularly Manasseh, whom we have lost. Uh, but you know what? Not many people would be too disappointed by that if you know the story of Manasseh. He's one of the infamous relatives of Jesus. But these men and women, many of them would ordinarily have been left out of a family tree. But not here. <laughs> here, they have pointed out they're pointed out because they are all male and female king and prostitute rich and poor Jew and Gentile equally a part of Jesus' family tree Jesus came for everyone and Jesus came for anyone and he has embedded that announcement to you through the line in which he came how special the door to heaven has been Flung open to sinners, saints, and sufferers. And it is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, that we, whether you consider yourself a sinner or a saint or a sufferer, may enter heaven. Jesus himself will, will later say, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. The third lesson is this, that God is faithful and Jesus is our only hope. That's the third and final lesson. You see, this family tree isn't actually about the people in it. It's actually about God. The entire genealogy is about how he has been faithful to people like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and David, despite their unfaithfulness. The point is that he has kept his promises and therefore we can trust he will keep his promises. And because Jesus comes from the line of David, because he's this ancestor of Abraham, there are these great expectations that are laid upon this child in the manger. But these expectations only become greater as we mine his family tree because it shows the need for some sort of supernatural intervention. None of the men or women in Matthew chapter 1 in his family tree could have done what Jesus did. In fact, set right at the start of the New Testament, 
the very first chapter of the very first book of the New Testament, the family tree of Jesus shows us that even the Old Testament heroes, even the Old Testament heroes, we might think of David, we might think of Solomon, we might think of Isaac or Abraham himself, they too needed saving. They too needed saving. Jesus was their only hope and Jesus is our only hope. Actually, if you think about it, a genealogy is actually the most fitting and compelling way to start the New Testament. Because the gospel is all about being adopted into God's family in Jesus. That's what the gospel is all about. That is the good news of the gospel how we become a part of Jesus' family tree. Sometimes we get this the wrong way around. Jesus is not a part of our story. We are a part of his. And I don't know about you, but that's almost like a relief, isn't it? Breathe a sigh of relief. Well, as I said, over the past four or five weeks, we've unearthed the stories of these women. And uh, if you've not read of those stories, if this is the first time you're hearing of some of those names, can I encourage you to go and read those stories for yourself? You can listen to the talks online if you wish, but read the stories for yourself. Because as we've unearthed them, we've actually discovered them to be like diamonds, Think of Tamar and her unexpected faithfulness and Rahab and the unexpected victory and Ruth and her unexpected redemption and Bathsheba and her unexpected restoration and the way in which they have pointed to who Christ is and what he has done for us. And even Mary and the way in which she was unexpectedly chosen to bear Jesus himself. The very last words of the very last Christmas broadcast of Queen Elizabeth II were recorded around this time last year, on her last Christmas. And she concluded like this. She said, Jesus, a man whose teachings have been handed down from generation to generation, have been the bedrock of my faith. And his birth marked a new beginning. As the carol says, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. So this Christmas, can I encourage you to take some time to consider not just the stories of that very first Christmas, but actually all the stories that led up to that very first Christmas. Some of them... highlighted in Jesus' family tree and reflect upon how the hopes and fears of all the years, the hopes and fears of all your years are met in Christ at Christmas. Let me pray for us and we'll close with a few carols. Father, we thank you for this record of names at the very start 
of the Gospels. We thank you that it shows us that the Bible has a story and that the story is true. We thank you that it shows us that Jesus came for everyone and Jesus came for anyone. And we thank you that it shows us that you were faithful and Jesus is our only hope. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Friends, 